and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent or that of the program, its presenters, hosts, directors or other team members. This show is intended for audiences aged 23 and older. This production and its digital copies contain content of an adult nature. If you are easily offended or are under the age of 18, this show is not intended for you. The posts, pages and recordings within are intended for adults only and may include descriptions of scenes of sexual content, suggestive opinions, detailed discussions and graphic topics. Listener discretion is advised. Passionate pollies and sultry swingers, it's time for Lola's Lifestyle Lectures on your favorite seduction station, Lust FM, for the lustful listeners. And there we have it. Good evening, lustfuls. Welcome to Lesson 5 in Semester 1 of the Ethical Non-Monogamous Relationship and Sex Guidance Spin-Off Show from Lola's Lessons, Lola's Lifestyle lectures. I'd like to start off by mentioning the endorsement site, the COF, Lola's favorite friends at the Council of Fantasy. I know you guys are getting sick of hearing me say it like that, but I love it. That makes my night, so deal with it. The Council of Fantasy is a lifestyle orientated community. We know this. I mean, if it's the first time that you're joining in this evening and you haven't heard me say this before, you're going to get sick of me. The Council of Fantasy offers you a platform where you can now go and explore your sexuality, go and explore sex positivity, go and explore how to enhance your intimate relationship. They offer education, they offer a community with support, love and guidance. You guys can find the Council of Fantasy on www.counciloffantasy.co.za or else you guys can just visit Lola's website at www.lalustfm, that's with a double L. So it's www.lustfm.live. Click on the 
WhatsApp link, come and join the community, or just go onto the website of the Council of Fantasy and come and create yourself a little profile there, right? Join the community, join in the fun, come and make some friends, and come and explore how to enhance your intimate relationship and how to explore your own sexual positivity and make yourself one of those sexual monsters, yes? Your Lola Blakely production moderators for this evening are Jaded Mal, she'll be moderating and doing your obscene disclaimer. Big Red, she'll be posting your welcoming messages to all the new live listeners and she'll be doing general moderating. Mr. Zane, hello Mr. Zane, welcome. It's so nice to see you here every freaking night for every freaking episode i mean you must be so sick inside of my voice by now anyway mr zane will be your conversation starter during the break and getting our listeners to ask some questions and he'll be keeping the chat on the podbean app up to topic so for those of you who are listening on other um on other platforms other than um podbean i mean there is again a thousand three hundred of you guys listening live you guys need to go and download podbean so that you guys can come and interact with us right right Mr. Black Dragon is our production manager for this evening, whilst Miss KB is co-hosting with Lola. Um, he will be posting socials and updating the list of the mods for this evening. So if you guys see them in the chat, say hi. They're here to engage with our listeners. They're here to keep us safe during the airing. They're here to keep the, sacred, the, the space within sex positivity. And within this, it, it, I mean, let's be honest, guys. This is a sacred topic right and it can very very easily be obscured and become really nasty and sluttish and disgusting we're not about that we are all about creating a beautiful positive experience on the whole lola blakely production vibes right so say hi to the moderators um and then let me get to my gorgeous beautiful bunnyish co-host this evening miss kb hello miss lola how are you Good evening, my love. How are you doing? I'm good in you. Let's be honest, Kobe. When I see your face, am I not always smiling and good? Well, you nearly spanked my ass this evening when you saw what my hand looked like. <laughs> well, listen, listen, Kobe. Okay, yes. Before we get to this evening's topic and this evening's episode, right? Let's just discuss the seriousness of this. Okay. How the actual fuck have you broken like two of your fingers right off? I mean, there's no fingers left. How, how did you manage this? By swimming. Okay. Also, how do you break your hand in a swimming pool? I didn't exactly break my fingers. I split my legs. Same, same. Open and sprained my knuckles by swimming and not wearing goggles. And I swam into the wall of the pool. Listen, by the looks of it, right, they look bloody broken to me because I've never seen so much bandage in my life. <laughs> Showing off and showing us how fast you could swim. So that's what <laughs> Well, now you don't have a bunny tail this evening, Miss KB. You've got it, it, it almost looks like you've got a bunny tail on your hand. Do you know this? Do you realize? Yes, shake it for Lila. Let's see it. Let's see you shake it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This evening, lustful listeners, we are doing an episode called Dangerously Debaucherous, right? I mean, the lifestyle of swingers sounds very intriguing and it sounds very exciting, but it's not without risk. So Lola and KB are going to discover this evening the dangers of dabbling in this enticing debauchery called swinging relationship dynamics. 
What dangers can having loads of exciting consensual sex possibly have? Is the sin tax really worth ignorantly indulging in something so dangerously debaucherous? Let's come and find out with our wonderful and esteemed guest this evening. And I say that our guest this evening has Lala quite excited, only because I hold him in high regard. Mr. Blue Viking. Mr. Blue Viking has over 15 years experience in the ethical non-monogamous lifestyle as a swinger. He's currently in a polyamorous relationship and he has always supported the lifestyle with passion. He was the co-owner of one of South Africa's most exclusive swingers clubs. I mean, it's it's still going um, up until today, not the club itself, but um, the whole enterprise is still going up until today. He was the co-owner of one of South Africa's most exclusive swingers clubs and helped shape a whole era of like-minded people into a new diverse community with a new and exclusive culture. He enjoys studying on his own terms and finds the human dynamics and interactions that make relationships sustainable within the lifestyle super fascinating. Through years of experience and understanding gained relating to both the positives and the negatives of this lifestyle, he has a clear understanding of the risks and the measures people need to take to manage them related to, explore, related to exploration within this relationship dynamic. Wow, that's a mouthful. Goodness gracious, I'm so, glad, I'm so glad I can read. He has recently started exploring the realms of BDSM and is learning how to incorporate this into his current ethical non-monogamous relationship dynamic. Mr. Blue Viking, it's an absolute honor. How are you doing? Nice to chat. Nice to be here. Uh, and thanks for, for inviting me. I mean, I've been nagging you since last season. <laughs> that is true. You have. Well, there you, you have. go. You finally got through. Finally. Thank goodness. <laughs> Mr. Blue Viking, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you taking, you know, time out of, of out of your schedule and out of your Saturday evening to come and share your knowledge and your your learnings within the lifestyle with myself and KB and the, the rest of the lifestyle listeners. My pleasure, really. So, Mr. Blue Viking, tell us where did your where did your experience and your your enjoyment and um, passion for the lifestyle start? Where where do you think that that's started and kicked off it was about 17 years ago a friend of ours invited us to go to a particular party a very very upmarket club that was in existence at the time and i went with my then girlfriend and we had the most amazing time it was probably one of the most exciting events that i've ever been to and i kind of realized that vanilla life vanilla dinner parties were so boring by comparison so we really jumped into we really loved uh, what we discovered and we started going quite regularly i think what interested me was the interpersonal dynamics about how is it that some people handle the space successfully how is it that some people have sustained relationships in this environment why with some people does it come unstuck very quickly and we started kind of in our heads putting together a set of principles to guide you in this journey if you're going to into the space and that's what i can share with you tonight what are the risks and how do you manage the risks associated with participating in this environment 
sorry i'm having a little bit of technical difficulties i don't know if it's the internet um internet streaming on our side or on your side because our guests and as well as um kb is joining us remotely this evening okay there we go it seems to have stabilized you sped up there it sounded like you were you were speedy gonzalez but it's not you it's the it's the internet speed. sorry about that no we got everything that's perfectly fine i just wanted to make sure that we we're stable before we go on so this is quite exciting for us. Look, I've got a couple of questions myself, and I've got a couple of topics that that I think um, need to be discussed when it comes to to managing your risk, um, as your as your introduction says, um, when it comes to exploring the lifestyle. But before I get all further before, let me go to KB. I'm Miss Lola. I've been traveling along this little bit of journey a bit myself, so um, I'm actually interested to hear what questions you have to start with, because we've got some questions here that um, our lovely guest has set up for himself as well. He did some homework for you. Wow, how's that? I mean, also that's a real academic, right? It's somebody that actually sits and prepares for something where, where they're going to put their name on, right? I mean, that's that's like Lola does that too. <laughs> I never go, never come in unprepared. So I, I went and I researched a little bit and I had a, I've got a pretty good idea of what I myself and personally would consider to be dangers within exploring ethical non-monogamous relationships, right? And I mean, obviously you get your, your, um, your obvious, you know, that you would immediately think of your relationship dangers, ruining your relationships, ruining your marriage if you're married, ruining the trust within your partnership. So, so I'm not going to touch on those things because that's pretty self-explanatory. And I mean, if you can't figure that out for yourself, then you shouldn't be swinging in the first place, right? If you can't think of the most basic dangers when it comes to exploring this, then you've got no business trying to be a swinger. I want to talk about something that's a little bit, um, a little bit more in depth, right? I want to go into um, the the sexual health part of being a swinger. I want to go into the alcohol and the drugs that you can possibly be exp exposed to. I want to go into personal safety, into what what swinging does to your mental health, and the failure of swinging does to your mental health. What does it do, obviously, to your relationships, but not your not your intimate relationship, because that should be self explanatory. But what does it do to your family and career? relationships what does it do to your reputation and what other repercussions does it have because people don't think of that i mean if you're in a corporate career and you're climbing that corporate ladder and you're doing super good for yourself okay and your um your colleagues find out that you are a swinger guaranteed they're going to be thinking less of you and your seat at the boardroom table isn't going to be as cozy anymore. Everybody's going to look at you like you're a debaucherous person and you've got no business here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think one's got to be very careful about reputation management. And I think one of the primary mechanisms you use in that regard is firstly, you've got to operate under an alias. You cannot use your own name and you cannot tell people where you work, the location of the company or the name of the company, you can give them a vague idea of the type of industry that you're in. But that's as far as it goes. You never disclose which company, what sort of a position you're in, what your actual name is. And it's actually considered impolite for people to probe into those details. So you've got to operate in a manner that people cannot track you down. They cannot type something into the internet and see where your name pops up. Because then if anything goes wrong down the line, 
and somebody wants to get vindictive, they've got a bit of leverage on you. Mm, of course, and we all know humans can be assholes. Well, just say, for example, you're in a situation swinging and some guy's wife or partner decides that she's quite attracted to you or whatever, and she's maybe a bit drunk and conducts herself a bit inappropriately. The individual can develop a bit of a vindictive uh, disposition. And the last thing you want to do is have that person have at his disposal information he can use to your prejudice. So you've got to be cautious. The guys that I know who have survived in this space, they have their alias names or they only ever use their Christian names and nobody knows where it is that they work. There's a guy that comes to some of our parties. I mean, he's a great chap. He works in the financial services sector. That's as far as he says he goes. I can clearly see that he's quite high up, but he says no more about himself. And everybody mm. I know is pretty much untraceable. Uh, you don't know exactly where it is that they work and it's the safest and it's the only way to play it. I mean, another thing that I think applies in the lifestyle is it's absolutely imperative that people realize Whatever goes on in the lifestyle stays in the lifestyle. You may never, uh, particularly to somebody's career, make any disclosure about anybody that in any way prejudices their career. And if it ever gets found out that you've done so as a vindictive trait or through just gross negligence, you get banned from that space. And not just banned from one mm -hmm. club. You'll get banned from the other clubs because the moment a banning starts, the other clubs get notified of those bannings. And people like that are really prejudicial to the fun that everybody else is having. It can only operate if there's a fair degree of confidentiality and anybody who violates that is putting themselves at serious risk of complete permanent ostracization from the community. Mm. I like that. And that's something that I've always loved about, you know, the ethical non-monogamous community in the first place is the fact that I find this community extremely safe. This is possibly the safest I've ever felt. And not to say that I'm in the community or not in the in the community, but when, when amongst, you know, the ethical non-monogamous community, when um when doing an appearance at a party or doing an appearance at a club or um, doing a show because I, I sometimes interview some of these club owners. When I do a show at these clubs, that is where I have felt the most safe. And it be, it's, be, it's because they the community members keep the community safe. So as soon as, you know, you step out of line and as soon as you let too much of yourself go, then you must know if you're going to be on a band list somewhere, you're going to be on a band list everywhere because this community is very tight-knit and they keep each other safe in that regard. That's what I love about it. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think especially with men uh, who can be a bit predatory, preying on the ladies, making them feel uncomfortable, any individual who conducts himself in that manner is seriously threatening himself, getting thrown out of that particular event. This is not like going to an ordinary pub where the guys can get a bit lecherous and try their luck and whatever. There's very much a set of protocols and a very cordial relationship between everybody and they conduct themselves in that manner. You know that by going there, it's a highly sexualized environment. As a woman on your own, you are perfectly safe. If there's anything you don't like or don't want, you just put up your hand. You don't even have to speak to the person and anybody who disobeys an instruction that you are not willing to engage and you don't want their overtures, they will get turfed out and they will get excluded from those events. Uh, if somebody gets mm -hmm. drunk and conducts themselves in an inappropriate manner and becomes lecherous and touchy without authorization, without getting your consent and your partner's consent to do so, those people are thrown out of those events and they're not allowed back. And so I mm -hmm. think that's why people can have 
a kind of a fairly um, intense sexual experience in the safety of knowing they're not going to get subjugated by some predator without there being consent to whatever may transpire. So consent is absolutely key. And I think the consent of both parties, particularly if you go and play as a couple, uh, both parties must agree to whatever dynamics may ensue. Mm. Uh, I'm in full agreement here. And again, just bringing up the very fact that consent runs everywhere. It's not just for BDSMers. It runs everywhere. Consent has come up so many times in all the Lola's lectureships. It's so important and imperative. Yeah, I can just talk. There was one party we went to where a guy got a bit drunk. And without speaking to me first, started hitting on my girlfriend in a manner that was, I think, salacious and unacceptable. He was never invited back. In fact, uh, the bouncers were called in. He was told to just kind of clearly just move away from the situation he was in. And he never was invited to return to any of those events. Uh, so this kind of thing about men getting completely out of it and drunk and becoming a news, we don't have that at all. In fact, these parties are run at a very different level and they're a lot of fun um, because you know that you're safe to kind of lose your inhibitions a bit without feeling that you're going to get subjugated because of it. So okay, we 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 know now that okay, for for one, you guys are safe at mostly. We can't say any space is safe because not even your home is safe in South Africa, right? But for most, for for the most part, you guys are safe at at a club, right? But this evening's episode isn't about safety. This is actually about the dangers because there are also still dangers. So listeners, just because you're going to be safe at a club does not mean that exploring ethical non-monogamy is going to be safe, right? There are other variables that you that you guys need to consider. So um, what what this the point of this was to make is to say that if you are going to be acting out and if you are going to be um, misbehaving you must know you are going to get banned from all of the clubs and and throughout through all of the communities all of the websites all of the um, whatsapp groups you're going to be kicked off and you won't ever be allowed in again so th within that aspect okay we we know that we need to keep ourselves we need to conduct ourselves properly we also know that, that we need to use pseudonyms because People like that tend to, especially when when they've now been excluded from a community that they really wanted to be a part of, um, they can get vindictive, right? And they can they can want revenge, and they can um, go out of their way to make your life a living hell. This is why we don't disclose any personal information. This is what it all comes down to. Am I right, Mr. Viking? No, you're absolutely right. And I must say, it is very, very, very seldom that anything like that happens. I mean, I've hardly come across any uh, incidents where people have been so brazen as to try and out people who are in the lifestyle. There was one event about five years ago, and I think that was taken care of. But it's very rare. And I mean, even if you've had a, an intense, intimate relationship with a girlfriend and it ends, you know, the one rule is you never she must never betray your career interests in any way and you will never betray hers it doesn't matter how bad the relationship was or how bad it ended that is mm. the one absolute cardinal rule and so i think yeah what you're pointing there to is is the first risk i think of engaging in this space is what we call the career risk and uh, people are very often put up from going to events because they're concerned about, well, they might meet somebody from work, they might bump into somebody that they know, they worry about the implications for their career. 
And the reality mm. is that is actually far, far less of a risk than people would imagine. I mean, in the times that I've been going, and it's over, you know, on and off over about 17 years, literally, I think I bumped into one person that I knew from work in my entire time. And, and uh, I was at a party and I was standing there and this girl came up behind me and said, hi, what are you doing here? And that was about the extent of it. And we've been friends since. I think what people tend to do if they see somebody from work is get a bit of a panic. They try and run away or hide away or, you know what I mean? I don't think that's the right approach. I think you've just got to go up to them and approach them and say, hi, lovely to see you here. I'm glad you guys, we all share a common interest. You don't have to play with them, but I think it's best to just engage with them. Give them the assurance that whatever happens in this place is completely confidential and that you, you assure them of absolute complete confidentiality. And sometimes as a courtesy, you can say, to them would it be would you be more comfortable if we weren't here or you can maybe just agree to play in a different section of the club or whatever to avoid them but the main thing is don't make people feel uncomfortable and you know don't make them feel that oh you've run away and now they're petrified you might say something behind their backs walk up to them engage have a chat you're both there for the same reason and give them the assurances that you're not in any way a threat to their careers at all and then ask them please to kindly do the same i mean you don't want people just mentioning to to others, eh? Mm, absolutely. Discretion is key, right? Miss Kaibi? Yeah. It's a cardinal rule. And I think if you bump into anybody from work, you respect that cardinal rule. I mean, I've had parties uh, in our club where we've had one of, one of our executives popping in on a fairly regular basis. And we don't engage in great chats, but, um, you know, we perfectly respect each other and neither of us will ever say anything to anybody else because both of our careers could be materially prejudiced. I might just add on that. I mean, one must bear in mind that, that the companies do not have any right to discipline you in the workplace for conduct which takes place out of a working environment. So whatever yes, goes correct, on in yes. your private life is technically none of their business. The only time it becomes difficult if they say, oh, well, you're bringing the company into disrepute, you're in a leadership position, other people don't want to work with you. It's those kind of relationship dynamics can get a bit complicated. But technically, the fact that you've gone to a swingers party is absolutely none of their mm. business. It's not a company-related event. Just if you are in a very senior position, they can sometimes say, well... You know, you bringing the organization into a bit of uh, disrepute. And I think what a lot of people in, in that level of employment do is try and kind of have probably smaller house parties or select events which cater to a very much more upmarket constituency like our group used to do. Yeah. yeah. So in, in essence, we just need to be very cognizant of the people that are uh, possibly very vindictive. And I mean, people are assholes. We can't not say that. People will be assholes. If you've hurt them, pushed them far enough, they're going to be an asshole. Protect your own identity, protect your own future within your career, your lifestyle, what you need and what you what what you want to achieve for yourself. I, I can just mention, I mean, I had one very bad breakup a while ago. And um, you know, the, the ethical thing about it is neither she nor I have ever said anything to anybody uh, in our career space that could be in any way prejudicial. Doesn't matter how bad the vibe was, we have honored that between ourselves. And I think that's a mark of ethics. You don't you don't do that. If you that's the lowest thing you can do in the in the lifestyle community is somehow try and prejudice somebody's career. It's completely unacceptable. I absolutely agree with that. And I, I have to add in, and this is something that that's been weighing on my heart heavily because that is that is one of the core fundamentals of the whole Lola Blakely Productions, right? 
is to in is to um, get society, our new society, societal culture, comfortable with the fact that we are sexual beings and sex is okay and sex is not disgusting and it's not something that you need to hide from everybody's doing it everybody's everybody's done it everybody's going to do it it's part of our nature it's normal it's natural so i mean if you walk into a, a colleague or a family member at a club or within um you know a, a event space it's not the end of the world. I mean, everybody needs to get come to, like everybody needs to let this go. Sex is natural. Sex is okay. Sex is beautiful. And just because um, you're at a club to have sex doesn't mean that it makes you any less of a human or um, doesn't automatically now make you, you know, less less of a society contributors to society the fact is just you are positive within your relationship and positive within your sexuality and there's nothing wrong with that more people need to take up that that um view when it comes to being comfortable with your sexuality and it's an awful lot of fun hey i must say i mean those those parties are wonderful i mean i think some of the best times of my life i've had at those events you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to give them up for anything, but I must conduct myself in a manner that does not uh, expose me to career ridicule or to career damage or anybody else for that matter. Mm, no, I agree. I agree. Look, okay, so we've spoken about a little bit about career now, but uh, also the, the next facet that falls under um, your, your relationships is going to be your family reputation. I mean, if you're in an in if you are in a committed relationship with your husband, and maybe you guys have been monogamously married for 10, 20 years, and you guys have decided that it's time to spice up your your marriage because you guys are comfortable and confident within your intimate relationship, and you now want to embark on a new journey called ethical non-monogamy, and you decide to add um, a little bit of spice to your intimate relationships, and your family find out about this mostly the scrutiny that you're going to be faced with is not going to be a good time no i agree with you i mean i think as an adult you, you generally their children around it's absolutely imperative that you set the right role model so for me the primary imperative is that your family must not know your vanilla friends in other words your non-lifestyle friends must not know of any of your involvement in the community you must keep it as confidential as possible from them there's no need to raise it they won't understand it if you do they don't get it they operate on a different wavelength and they will start to think negatively of you they'll think that you are potentially a risk to the welfare of your children even though whatever you do happens completely confidentially and with and no way in the presence of your kids at all you never mention this to your children and um, it's just kind of you keep it very much to yourself and people will disapprove if you don't and, and it's not worth it so you've got to have a very strict barrier about what you say and um, you can chat among your lifestyle friends if you're not among lifestyle friends and somebody who's not into this whole scene is there you don't mention the topic and you conduct yourself as an adult impeccably in front of your children. They must never catch on that any of this is going on. Otherwise, they're going to chat to their friends and their friends will chat to their friends and their friends' parents. And before you know it, uh, you have social workers arriving at your door because somebody's concluded that you're a risk to the welfare of others. And you're not. So I think it's just keep it confidential. Keep it to yourself. Don't let other people know. And that includes vanilla friends and family. Yeah, I think um, 
looks like we've lost Miss Lola there for a second. Yeah, she's got a a mm. connection loss. Absolutely. Um, I think it's most important that you uh you do you do take cognizance of your other other life relationships, whether it be friends, family, work colleagues, um, sports club, whatever it is that you participate in outside of the community, that you are cognizant that other people's lives might not look the same as yours and they might not be as sexually positive as what you are. Um, but then we also need to look at some of the other risks involved. Yes, Miss Lola. There's no sound on the app. Let me just uh, unmute. There we go. Perfect. Okay. You go, so sorry, KB. We heard absolutely nothing from when you opened your mouth. Um, the the connection just went. So um, you'll have to repeat everything you just said. Okay. So we 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 just need to be more cognizant of the of the uh, the external relationships to ourselves that are maybe not involved in the community they might not be as sexually positive as what we would be or you would be as an individual in your in your journey as a, as a sex positive being um so mm -hmm. being open about it might not be received as well as you would you would hope it would be you might be judged like a nun judges um like the, the, the naughty kid in the school yeah yeah mm. and i think i think it can get worse out there that you may constitute some sort of a danger to society or some sort you know you just they have very different views you don't even let them in my brother does not know anything about my involvement in the lifestyle and nor do any other members of my family and i've kept it that way and i intend to keep it that way Mm. Look, that's exactly the same as me. I I do sex uh, sex education, right? I do sex and intimate and, and intimacy and um, relationship education. But even that, right? I use a pseudonym for a reason. I don't speak about myself or my my personal life or my personal relationship status or my my, my family life on air for a reason, because people are assholes and nobody's necessarily always going to understand and you can bet your ass your auntie deborah is going to sit at the next wedding reception and she's going to be skinnering the most about you and your and your partner and the sexual debauchery that you dare get into how dare you it's disgusting have you heard what they do in their free time those poor children i mean i can just hear auntie deborah saying that's right <laughs> So let's not give Auntie Deborah anything to gossip about. Yes. Yeah, and that includes your friends. Don't give them anything to Skinner about because it spreads like wildfire. People love to talk. They love to Skinner. And the moment you become some kind of a, a topic of conversation, it does not go away. Um, and there's nothing you can do to rectify it. You don't know what's been said behind your back. So just don't get it started. Don't let anybody know. You know what I mean? It's just the safest way. It's the only way that you can have that kind of fun without negative repercussions. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I think we can, I think we've covered that topic. It's mm. quite, um, quite a risky one too, because I mean, it, it can affect your entire life, not necessarily just one part of it. Yeah. But um, you can take steps to stop it becoming a problem. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to talk about the next risk. And it's also, I think it's also one of the biggest risks you take on a physical level in um in the lifestyle and i think we're going to talk about the risk of the stis it's it's a big stis thing. and stds I, I mean that's actually at the top of my list i don't know why i decided to start at the bottom just see how you and i think 
We are so much in alignment, you know, as we twinsies. I mean, <laughs> if I can say, I mean, you know, my experience about 17 odd years in that entire time, I do not know one person that has acquired any kind of STD at a lifestyle event or through their involvement in the lifestyle. There may be people who've gone rogue and done irresponsible things, but generally in the lifestyle itself, uh, that community is actually quite cautious. People do not engage in risk behavior, the ones that I know anyway. They always require that people take measures to ensure safety. They don't engage in unprotected sex if it's going to go that far. And eventually you tend to become part of a club and it's a group of people and everybody knows everybody else. And believe me, if anybody transmits anything to anybody else, it's going to be known very, very quickly, excuse me, and you will be booted out of that environment very, very publicly. Uh, for placing the lives of others at risk. So my experience is that I haven't actually ever encountered anyone who said to me, I've acquired a disease through participation in these activities. And that is because, I mean, everybody who engages in an activity tends to act in a sexually responsible manner. Uh, they tend not to engage in, in unprotected sex with other people. And also when you've got your little community together, you know, you know who's involved with who and who are the risk-related players. And those are the people you try and avoid entirely. So, yeah, you, I think once you're part of a club and the club kind of moves regularly and you get to know everybody and everybody knows you do not engage in any kind of risk-related behavior, any kind of sexual contact where you don't have protection. And my experience has been is that um, it's actually been superb. I mean, I don't know if I should talk about myself, but I mean, in 17 odd years, I've been tested a couple of times very recently again. Absolutely no trace of STD whatsoever because I'm not irresponsible in the way in which I, co I conduct myself. I don't get drunk and try and like behave like an imbecile. And um, for that reason, I think I've been very careful about managing my own uh, sexual circumstances. And, and, um, and I'm sure that if I'm getting involved with a partner, um, particularly where it's a kind of... Um, a relatively monogamous relationship which will have play implications with it my partner must get tested too before we start the relationship so we know where we stand and neither of us will engage in in unprotected irresponsible sexual activity elsewhere there's also a concept of full disclosure about what you do so that your partner knows exactly what they're being exposed to from a risk point of view so I, I must say, I've been pleasantly surprised that um, some people say, oh, they don't want to get involved because of the high risk. It's the one thing that I must say I've hardly come across at all. Um, and yeah, I think if anybody does try and persevere, may I say without a condom or whatever, uh, that person will be reported and out today and uh, it will not go down very well. Okay. Um, so it's all good sti risks are still very high risk irrespective of whether it's a something that you don't come across a lot of in a space um, what kinds of measures would you suggest people take to protect themselves from this risk because it is a serious risk yeah well i think you've got to basically get a bit of a say everybody's got a reputation so check out the reputation of the people that you you are uh, kind of getting involved with don't necessarily go for you know, full contact sport right from inception. <laughs> you're, using, you're using a condom. I mean, not all sexual activity has to be fully penetrative and it very definitely doesn't have to be unprotected penetrative activity. Get yourself tested on a, on a periodic basis. Bring your own condoms to the club because the ones at the club tend to be these yellow banana flavored things which are quite strange, which you won't want to use anyway. So mm -hmm. take your own 
own steps, you know, conduct yourself as a responsible citizen, because if you don't, other people are going to mention it. There's one individual who has a habit of allowing his condom to slide off and then he sort of continues. Um, he has been reported and warned. And if it ever happens again, um, he's, he's not going to be allowed back. So people talk and you've got to make sure you take responsible steps. Your partner takes responsible steps. Um, and yeah, you just don't engage in, in irresponsible behavior. Mm. Look, um, in Lala's Lessons um, uh, Season 2, we did the whole episode on sexual health and we got those those rapid tests. We, we interviewed the people with the rapid test and the lab testing. So, I mean, there are so many avenues for you to, to um, you know, use if you want to explore ethical non-monogamy and if you want to explore, you know, the swingers event or a swingers club that you can use to your advantage and for your safety, you would be absolutely daft if you don't invest in a, a test of like, I thought, what, it's something ridiculous. Uh, KB, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like 500 and for the full panel. We just spoke about this on the COF um, education group the other day. FAMCA, www.famca, F-A-M-K-A, dot C-A-Z-A. It's about mm. five, six, five to 800 rand for a test. Some of the tests you can do at home and some of them are also run through the, lab, the labs. Yeah. Yes. So, so I think um, Epicenter, Epicenter is the lab. That's the one. That's the full-on lab. And then Famca is your rapid testing. So the rapid test with Famca, I think the one, the five panel that does your um, HIV, your um, Gosh, I can't remember all of them now. But anyway, it's it's a five panel, and that one is about five, you know, between five and, and seven hundred rand, including delivery, right? Because I mean, they deliver it to your house, and it's as easy as taking a swab of of saliva out of your mouth or a prick of your finger. You can do it at the club, right? Before, if you found if you found a possible playmate, you can do it at the club, and I mean, everybody gets tested. Everybody knows they they're safe. If if you want to go and play without condoms, without a test without a condom without being clever then i mean there's no hope there's no help for you can i just just mention i mean the, the only thing about those home tests is that there is approximately a 10 percent inaccuracy rate false negatives um which mm. is going to be so it's 90 percent there um but also there's an incubation period for certain ailments and you don't know what has happened in the last sort of six weeks in respect of a certain individual. So you've got to be cognizant of that. I think if you're going to develop a sort of a more regular relationship with a couple um, or with a third or whatever's going to join you, you've got to then maybe start getting into proper testing before you start moving away from the conventional protections of condom use. And I think mm -hmm. that's, it's almost like an absolutely mandatory, even if you've been tested 10 times, you still do not expose the other partner or yourself or your own partner to risk by wavering that particular requirement. Mm, absolutely. Actually, I didn't even think of that. It would be great doing the rapid testing at the clubs. But like you said, we don't always necessarily think of the incubation period and the fact that there is a chance for, for a false negative. Miss KB? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Blue Vikings on a on onto something here. I mean, it's not something everybody thinks about. And some of the more scary um, STIs do have those kinds of in incubation periods, um, mm. but surely if you're doing your your vetting, for lack of a better word, I mean I come from the kinky world, but vetting of your future of your potential play partners at the club appropriately, um, that full disclosure agreement that most clubs that they encourage you to have should be should come into play. Um, be honest. Mm. 
about your sexuality, you can put somebody else's entire life at risk. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, if you don't test yourself, then then you're never going to know, and you're going to end up dying from from elements you you could have prevented, right? So don't be stupid, go and get tested. But also, if you have been tested and you have proven to be positive. Also, don't be a dick and go and play at a club, right? Because that's playing with other people's lives. And if I'm not mistaken, I I remember a while ago, well, a couple of years ago, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was actually, it's it's almost like against the law. If you have, like, say, for instance, HIV, and you you knowingly and willingly participate in sexual intercourse with a partner without um, divulging that information, and um, Mm -hmm. I mean that partner contracts it, that's yeah, a that's criminal, criminal offence. You can be criminally prosecuted for that. That is yes. a very, very serious transgression. I mean, knowing that it's a fatal disease, it can be, uh, it can be murder. I mean, if you've transmitted <laughs> uh, a fatal disease to somebody consciously and intentionally, well, then under those circumstances, you've tended to, you've intended to bring about the death of that individual. You don't mess with things like that at all. And I mean, but I think also people. You know, I were tempted to come to events, say, oh, I don't know, you know, it looks like it could be a real disease breeding sort of environment. It isn't. I mean, you know, we haven't encountered that at all. We haven't Mm. encountered people complaining about STIs. Everybody's responsible. It's just part of the culture. And as long as you, but I suppose, I mean, I've tended to hang out in the more sort of upmarket clubs. I'm sure the same applies in the other ones as well. It's, um, It's just part of the rules, part of how things are done. And anybody who doesn't want to do it that way must be ostracized. Mm, absolutely. KB, is there anything you want to add before we go to commercial break, my baby? No, not really. I think we've covered quite a bit and we've also spoken about the measures we can take with regards to some of these risks as well. I think that's most important. I mean, the people do want to participate in this community. Mm. We do need to take specific measures in protecting ourselves and our partners when we do it. Yeah, and there's just a couple of risks quickly if I want to mention that we need to get to after the break, and that is the relationship dynamic risks because those are very much more ethereal, um, and I think the emotional, psychological dynamics of risk because those are very important variables of having a successful experience in this space. We'll chat to those later. Mm. Um, Have we lost you there, Laura? That's right. I love that. Um, must want to say be wise and condomize right KB don't wouldn't you say the same oh yes we definitely be wise and condomize and if you're not sure about it don't touch it yes also a dodgy reputation in a space or having been an unclean player whatever I mean you just stay away from them I mean you know people talk and so just keep your nose clean conduct yourself in an ethical manner and and in that way you can have a lot of fun over a sustained period of time without negative consequences let you go <laughs> that's it so lustful listeners you are on air with kp and lola this evening and we are discussing the dangerously debaucherous or the the dangers and debauch of the debauchery what is it with me and my tongue twisters this evening the dangerously debaucherous swingers community and what happens at ethical non-monogamous parties and events right and what is the dangers for you to consider 
before you indulge yourself in exploring this relationship dynamic. Look, we've spoken about a bunch of fascinating and exciting and exhilarating topics up until now, but we wouldn't be proper educators if we didn't give you a show that gave you both the good and the bad of this lifestyle. So yes, it sounds amazing because you get to sleep with a bunch of people, but baby, it's dangerous too. This debauchery can be really, really dangerous. So before we indulge and before we explore, let's make sure that we are cognitive of all of the dangerously debaucherous topics that we need to consider before exploring. More on this when we come back after the commercial break. Go and refill your drinks, go and get comfortable. We're going to have a break of about 12 minutes and then we'll be back with more from Mr. Blue Viking and Lola and KB. Stay tuned, Lustfuls. Sometimes we're looking for the more, but we just don't know what the more is. And then we come to play with me. Three words, like me, play, toys, fun, games, cheekiness, with, intimacy, connection, relationships and finally me it starts with self and that is something that play with me stands for play with me is a place where you have an experience of all of those things one complete cycle you're welcome to pop in at our shop at the gantry in four ways or find us at www.playwithme.co.za if you're looking for that more please get in touch
want to 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 something different this Valentine's month. Join us for a beautiful, fun and deeply nourishing Sacred Intimacy Couples Retreat on the South Coast KZN. From the 23rd to the 25th of February, wake to the sound of the sea, renew your connection, relax in bliss body massage and reconnect with your love. Go to www.blissandrelaxation.com for more info.
and welcome back lustfuls i know that wasn't quite 12 or 13 minutes but i mean i missed you guys also i missed hearing miss kb's voice so i decided to cut the music and get back to the kinky fuckery right i mean miss kb you look so gorgeous this evening also madam i don't know how you expect me to bloody concentrate now yes yes let me not get into it I really apologize, Ms. Lola, but have you experienced this freaking heat wave that we are going through right now? Listen, okay. You can't tell the listeners what you're seeing, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kaibi, no, let's, let's, not be, let's not be obscene because that's one of the rules. We're not going to be obscene this evening. But Miss Melissa is looking very delectable this evening on, on Lola's lifestyle lectureship. That, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Also, you must realize and you must consider the fact miss kaibi that lola's sitting in the studio have you ever experienced the heat in the studio with all of this damn equipment i can, i know what it's like to be in a honey bunny sugar baby plum it's fucking hot yes and i can't exactly put all of my fans on my well not all of my fans i don't have many fans i've got one fan my only fan okay <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one fan. I can't put my only fan on because it makes a noise on the microphone. So, I mean, I'm just sitting here like dying for the sake of the show, for science. I think, I think somebody needs to sponsor you an aircon for your studio. <sighs> so, I would have gotten myself an aircon out when I built the studio, right? But Lola's decided that um, she needs to expand and explore bigger horizons because i'm outgrowing the house so perhaps when i'm in my new place we need to get a fucking fan not a fucking fan a fucking aircon i'm sick of only having one fan okay <laughs> i need to expand my fans too <laughs> But anyway, enough of talk about being hot and being sweaty and being debaucherous in the studio. And um, I mean, Miss Mal, you, you please just um, behave yourself. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Also, there we go. Thank you. Back to this evening's show. Okay. We have got the esteemed Blue Viking on air with us this evening, sharing a wealth of knowledge. I mean that just just listening to him speak you can hear that this has got a, like a lot of passion behind it and a lot of content and a lot of factual necessary information that you will need before exploring and embarking on this journey of ethical non-monogamy okay before the um, commercial break, we spoke a little bit about the repercussions that um, being a swinger can possibly have on your family, your career, your reputation. We spoke about the sexual um, sexual health aspect thereof. Um, the the obvious fact of STDs and STIs is always going to be a concern, right? I mean, not all humans are ethical, so let's let's think for others too. Coming back to it, um, I want to talk a little bit about your personal safety. I mean, that's also a danger, you know, when, when discovering this debaucherous life of swingers. But how do you keep yourself, so, 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 say for instance, and it's not just the ladies, it's, it's men as well, right? Because I've heard of a lot of men that have been taken advantage of um, unethically. Yeah. You know, 
against their will. I mean, now I'm specifically speaking about same-sex situations and scenarios where you haven't consented to something or where men, men haven't consented to something. But how, at the end of the day, how do you keep your person, your yourself, safe within this space because there's always a security a security um, risk no matter how safe and secure club says they go a club tries to be you've always got those dicks right hanging around in the shadows so how do you take care of yourself well i, I think the first thing is that it's best to meet people through a club which has a proper verification process there are certain clubs that don't verify who comes in. Anybody can be coming in. You don't know who they are. There's no background checks on those individuals. The more ethical clubs, I mean, you know, I think Nexus very much so, um, PFC, which is also part of Nexus, um, they do a great job. They, they vet people. They know who's coming in the door. People are not allowed in the front gate without a pass. And um, so you, you have a very strict control as to who is allowed in. If you are selecting the people that you're going to engage with from within that community, then you reduce the risk considerably because people know them, they've been um, authenticated by others, they've been checked out by the people who own the venue. There you're a lot, lot safer if you're choosing. If you're going into the broader environment, and I won't mention any of the websites that, that tend to push it, but I've heard a lot of complaints about people misrepresenting who they are, not being who they claim to be, and a lot of con artists are operating there. So you don't know really who you're dealing with. You've got to then embark upon your own personal self-verification process, and that is a bit of a pain before you really know what you're dealing with. Um, and so I think it's best to kind of work through a club, work through an organization like Nexus, uh, get onto their lists, et cetera, probably attend their events, meet people through that. That's the best way you protect yourself. Just picking up somebody off a website, they could be anybody. Their photographs may or may not be authentic. They may be after you for money. They may be after you to get some of your information and blackmail you and use the information to your prejudice. I think just be extremely cautious. People are not who they make themselves out to be on a lot of these sites. And if they put up photographs which are 20 years old, you don't know what you're really dealing with. And, and I think if you are going to engage with people other than through the organized. Oh, we've lost them again. I think, are you guys struggling with are you guys struggling with internet on that side? No, we've got, we've got. Or did you just go into load shedding? We went into load shedding this side. Are we all good sorted? I made sure things were charged up and going. Um, okay, yeah, no, I thought so. So if you're going to operate through. There we go. So I, I want to add to that, right? I want to add to that an, an establishment like the CIF, you know, a community, a community forum like the CIF. I know for a fact. Okay, we vet and and I mean we've got very few of the other of the other websites actually do identity checks to the to the extent that we do. We we ask for your ID, we make sure you're 18, we make sure that the photo you have supplied us and the photo that you're going to be sharing with our community members is actually in fact the photo of the, or the corresponds to the person on your on your ID. Um, we make sure that we keep the, the community safe sign and, and consensual. So um there are establishments out there. I mean 
mean, I don't know anybody else that does as much effort as we do. Um, let me just add. <laughs> but yes, there are. Aside from aside from clubs, there are websites where you can safely meet people. But at the end of the, the website, it's not always safe. I mean, the websites people put up adverts. They represent themselves to be somebody. They may be that person. They may not be. You don't actually know. Um, and I think you've got to engage in a much more thorough personal vetting process with somebody if you just meet them off the website. I've heard horrible stories about Tinder. Um, so just be careful about using those particular channels and be a lot more cautious. Yeah. Over and above using the sites and the community platforms and WhatsApp groups to vet individuals that you're going to a club. Um, again, we on Lola's lectureships, we speak, well, lifestyle lectureships, we speak highly of Nexus because the Nexus teams actually are very proactive. What happens in the event of, yes, I'm at a club, yes, I'm partying, yes, I'm having fun, and some random jackass decides he's going to come and touch my ass, and I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, well, I think at, at Nexus, I mean, you've got people well, you reported to. Not necessarily to. at Nexus. Well, just as taking as a good example, yeah. because I think that's where uh, probably one of the really top clubs at operating at the moment without prejudice to anybody else but i mean you know there's immediately somebody you can report that to you go straight directly to that person at the bdsm clubs i think it's a lot stricter you've got people who are dms moderators etc if there's any problem you, you lodge a complaint immediately with somebody responsible for it and they will take decisive action on the spot uh, sometimes mm. if it doesn't want decisive action on the spot, they might do an investigation and down the line make a ruling or a calling as to what is the appropriate penalty for those people. But those those are clubs that are highly organized. Um, I think if you're meeting somebody sort of in a restaurant somewhere in a dodgy area on the other side of Malvern, um, you know, just be exercise common sense and cautious. Don't go there as a woman on your own or as a male on your own. Um, just make sure that you go with people and don't be scared to ask information. You know, who are you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can conduct. And the moment that person starts prevaricating about giving you any information about themselves, then under those circumstances, I think it's a red flag. You just bail out and just you know move mm. away there's a lot of fish in the sea i mean there's a lot of fish in the sea move on move on and move up and keep yourself safe yes never go yeah that's a very good point never go alone absolutely never go alone because you for for all intents purposes you're meeting a complete fucking stranger this person could be a complete psychopath why would you be stupid enough to expose yourself and be as vulnerable as you are on your own in a, a, a place that you are unfamiliar with surroundings that you are unfamiliar with and i'm um, going sit down with a person that you are unfamiliar with you are putting yourself at risk so just practice common sense and what I've seen Kinky Bunny do in the past uh, that's worked very well is say, meet us at a club. Come to the club because we've got full security there. We've got a bunch of people there that will protect us. If you're too scared to come to a club, what are you hiding? Why do you not want to provide information that is necessary for us to ascertain who you are? So, um, you know, I think that's the best way of doing it. Mm. Also, like you said, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Yeah. Who are you? Where do you do? Where do you reside? You know? And, and, and making sure that the person that's sending you the photos is actually the person sending you the photos. There's stupid, there's very stupid and, and simple um, tests that you can do. You can ask the person to send you a photo of their face, but holding a certain amount of fingers up. You know, there's, it's going to be difficult just going, going to Google search an, an, an image like that. So you can't necessarily steal somebody else's image and portray that as your, as your own. And let's not underestimate the number of scammers that are operating off somewhere like Tinder. I don't want to put the organization down, but I mean, I think that there are 
there are credible people there, but there are also people who are using it for scam purposes. And friends of mine that have been active on Tinder have on a number of occasions been approached by people whose sole objective is to try and get money out of them in some way or another. So one's got to be very realistic to the risk that there's a lot of desperate people. There's a lot of criminals. If you want to, if you want to participate in this space, do it ethically through a, a proper organization that has been properly set up and vetted. In the same breath, there are actually quite a few organizations that do not condone solicitation of any kind. Uh, mm. Nexus being one of them, the COF being another one. Um, there's actually quite a few organizations that I would say are properly vetting um, their members and are properly con controlling that solicitation right. Yeah, mm. I mean, a friend of mine, uh, she she was on, on Tinder the other day. I mean, got taken for a massive ride by some individual, condo out of money. Just just be very aware. I mean, you know, there's a lot of dodgy individuals out there. Mm. I mean, also, that was going to be my next point is, is um, solicitation. Solicitation is really, really, really very prevalent in, in um, today's society. I mean, you get it everywhere, especially when you're going to embark on something, you know, a journey when it any journey that that has sexual orientation you must know you're going to be exposing yourself to, to some form of solicitation so just best keep yourself out of trouble and practice like intelligent um you know meetings so don't be stupid i mean it's, we're not in high school here we've got brains we all adults think for yourself be safe the next aspect that i wanted to touch on um is the, look i know because i Within the previous episode, I said, I used to be a big jeweler back in the day, right? I used to go to club upon club upon club because I used to dance at them. Not as a stripper or as a, like an entertainer, but as like a festival dancer. And um, the amount of alcohol and drugs that you get exposed to on a daily basis is absolutely insane when it comes to discos and raves and dance clubs, right? We don't have that for that, that much of this... Um, this lifestyle within um, this, the ethical non-monogamous non community. However, that's within a club, um, a club environment, right? We cannot say the same for going to people's houses. So say, for instance, you and your partner have now found a couple that you want to explore, possibly swapping with, okay? They've invited you to their home. You and your partner go, you rock up there, and you get in there, and, I mean, there's drugs and alcohol for, for, for days, right? How do you prohibit yourself from getting drawn into that dangerous situation because that could really potentially be harmful in so on so many levels well if i could just talk i mean the bdsm community is very strict there's no uh, drink and kink no substance abuse uh with before people engage in any kind of place i think it's very very strict around uh limiting alcohol consumption and those rules are very very firmly upheld so that's the one thing if it comes to a lifestyle party a swingers party alcohol is allowed up to the point where somebody may start to become a nuisance of themselves and their degree of inebriation is spoiling the fun for other people. That's when they get mm. chucked out or banned or they get red flagged, etc. So I think there are controls in those environments. I think when it comes to drugs, drugs are not allowed in uh, the lifestyle community, whether it's either in a BDSM or an ordinary lifestyle uh, party, etc. Um, and the main thing is just take self-accountability. If somebody's clearly out of it on something, just stay well away and report them to somebody in charge. But if it's a private engagement and the person is trying to 
bring you into the consumption of substances somewhat prematurely you don't know what's in there you don't know what the the quality is or whatever that they're offering you you don't know these people well you're probably there with your car your wallet your car keys you never know what's going to happen and what's going to you know what what effects these things are going to have you've got an you've got a decline i think initially and say i'm sorry but you know this isn't what we signed up for we didn't come here to get plastered out of our heads with a bunch of people we don't know and find mm. anything may have go, go down you know i mean you could get raped under the influence of some of these substances your partner can get taken advantage of if they incapacitate you just be very cautious about who you deal with i mean i think a lot of people that i know in the, the lifestyle community they'll drink some of them may indulge in something now and then, but they're relatively moderate and rational in their levels of consumption. The moment it goes beyond that, I think that's where you've got to be. It's a red flag. You've got to be able to stand up, turn around and walk out and say, sorry, this is not what we anticipated. And there are grave dangers associated with that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the, the the concern that I have for anybody that's exploring for the first time, right, is um, wanting something so bad. So if you so so I'm in I'm imagining a situation where you and your partner have discussed it for the longest amount of time. You know exactly what you want. You finally found the perfect couple. You are so excited to go and explore and finally have your first swingers experience, right? Only to rock up there and it's 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 less than ideal circumstances where these people are intoxicated or they're using drugs or you know they they're under some form of influence. I think at the end of the day the listeners are going to have to realize that you're gonna have to stand back and ask yourself for a minute how badly do i want to have sex with another person is having sex with another person tonight at this time in this place important enough for me to put my life and the life of my partner at risk because staying there for the sexual for, for the for the sexual benefit at the end of the day is going to net, it is going to possibly put you in a very dangerous and possibly volatile situation where um, you are going to regret it the next day. And you're totally right. I mean, you should never allow your desire for a sexual experience to cause you to overlook a red flag. And that can be mm. any kind of red flag. Um, we all have the desire for that experience. You might have found it difficult finding the right partner. You finally find somebody and the red flags start showing up. Rather just look at those red flags very carefully, whether they are interpersonal dynamic problems, whether they are attitudinal problems, whatever they may be, personality defects, aggression, temper tantrum, whatever it is. Um, if those red flags start showing up, take a step back find somebody else that does not raise those red flags with you rather be cautious find the right people because you get embroiled in the wrong type of people a certain degree of bonding can take place and you don't want to be bonded with people on a downward spiral and are going to damage your life um, and you don't want to be involved mm, that's a very good point set of circumstances where potentially addictive substances are being used and you look up six months down the line and you realize what a mess your life has become so have a clear set of principles never ignore a red flag Miss mm. KB, what do you have to say about this? Yeah, if you're going with a partner, you're there to protect your partner. That's your primary duty. You can't expose your partner to massive amounts of, of substance uh, consumption and be irresponsible and not be their guardian at that moment. What kind of a man are you then, you know? Or whatever it may be. You're both custodians of each other. And uh, if red flags start showing up, if one partner says, I'm not comfortable, that is the tap out. And you there at that moment have to say, okay, my partner's not comfortable. We off here. Yeah, so I think mm. from my perspective, if whether you're with your partner or on your own, 
if you're you're running solo if you're running as a couple whatever it is that you're running as going into this community take cognizance of the ideal partnership or ideal play party or ideal anything that you're looking for what are those tick boxes that you have there but then also list based on the risks that you understand and the risks that you've learned from the lola's lectureships um what are your boundaries around those risks and stick to your boundaries those should be hard as rock set in stone boundaries the moment one of those little boundaries go ting 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 red flag stop 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 yeah. think about it first and make a conscious decision or in in our bdsm world we speak about um being inebriated um are you going to con would you have normally consented to this if you were not drunk if you were not this if you were not that um think about it first stop even if it means you take five ten minutes you say i'd like to speak to my partner outside alone for two minutes please and the two of you go outside and you discuss it before you make a final decision always there is always time to stop and think and or make time mm. to have a discussion and decide wholly what you want if your whole body doesn't say yes then it's a no and also, i mean preach that's that's power if, if you meet the person in the club uh and you get a kind of sense of who they are you better do that two or three times before going to a private engagement with them you know you, you generally don't pull straight into a private engagement with somebody that you don't know much about obviously it depends how they turn out but i mean as i said if if um the easiest way vet them through the clubs meet them through the clubs get to know them there see how they conduct themselves if you're going to go private with somebody then just make sure you're going to a safe place with safe people with a safe agenda and you're not going to wake up regretting it mm, absolutely so lastful listeners this evening you are listening to dangerously dangerously debaucherous on um, lola's lifestyle lectureship with lola and miss kb and um our wonderfully esteemed guest this evening um mr blue viking mr blue viking has over 15 years experience in the ethical non-monogamous lifestyle as a swinger he's currently in a poly relationship and has always supported the lifestyle with passion he was the co-owner of one of south africa's most exclusive swingers clubs and helped shape a whole era of like-minded people into a new diverse community with new and exclusive with a new and exclusive of culture he enjoys studying on his own terms and he finds the human dynamics and interactions that make um, relationships sustainable within this lifestyle fascinating through years of experience and understanding gained relating to both positive and negative of the lifestyle he has a clear understanding of the risk and the measures that people need to take to manage them related to exploring within this relationship dynamic mr um mr blue viking is joining myself and kb this evening for this segment on dangerously debaucherous during the first half of this lectureship um this lectureship show from episode one up until episode four we've told you how beautiful this lifestyle can be but babies it's not all just monskine and sonorosa right they they are going to be negatives with all positives in life it's the yin and yang effect with everything beautiful comes something dark and dangerous we are yet to show you what these dangers are and tell you so that you are mindful and just clever about it like some of these things should be it, it should be common knowledge but some some people just don't have common knowledge so we are here to teach it to you 
The next aspect and the final aspect that I quickly want to touch on before we end this episode, this night, tonight's episode, is the mental health aspect and the adverse effects that having a negative um, experience as a swinger and having something bad happen to you and your partner possibly when exploring ethical non-monogamy can have on your personal mental well-being what happens to your personal mental health when your swinging experience goes south it doesn't work out your family finds out your your boss finds out i mean your your career and your reputation is absolutely ruined you have Con contracted an STD or an, or an STI somewhere and um, like the person that you were supposed to hook up with ended up to be the biggest alcoholic that really um, traumatized you. What, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, okay, when exploring ethical non-monogamy. I mean, this is obviously worst case scenario that Layla's throwing out to you, but everybody knows I'm dramatic like that. I'd rather be dramatic and, um, and, and be factual about it than ignore what could possibly go wrong? What happens to your mental health? And how are you going to make sure that you come out positive at the end of the day afterwards? How are you fixing it? What happens to your mental health, Mr. Mr. Viking? Okay. If I may, I mean, I think the first, the first thing is that there are emotional health risks if things can go wrong. And normally that's where you have a difficulty with a partner or you've selected the wrong partner or the partner that you are playing with does not have your interests at heart and you do not have their interests at heart. I think it's when there's that selfishness, when people go in with their own agenda that the guy wants to see how many women he can seduce and he's indifferent to the pain he's causing his partner. That is not the right person to swing with. If you go in as a guy and you have a partner and her agenda is, you know, something that does not show deep consideration for your emotional welfare, you have chosen the wrong partner. Do not persevere as I did on one previous occasion, with that partner, hoping things are going to get better. They're not. Um, if somebody is committed to you, they have genuine empathy, they care for your feelings, that's somebody you can play with. Because if things start getting a bit astray, then you can just tap out with that person or signal to them, like, actually, hang back a bit there. This is starting to hurt my feelings. You might think that you can handle certain things and you find out when they materialize, they can't. What you really want is to be incredibly selective in your partner. And to me, what I've been really impressed by with this lifestyle is the degree of ethics that exists between certain couples. The couples that have lasted seven, eight, nine years, the ones that I know in this space, have a very strong ethical code between them. And they play in accordance with that code. They care about each other's feelings. And if a development starts to materialize that one or other partner starts to feel uncomfortable about, they've got what's called a tap-out signal. It's like a double tap with their hand on their partner or there's a cough or something it's just a signal please discontinue please return to me if your partner does not do that and your partner is so fixated on their own indulgence well then they're going to traumatize you they're going to repudiate you during the course of those of that experience and you can feel completely emotionally devastated so as as a lot of the really competent couples in the space say we have a very solid relationship we play from a very solid relationship and you've got to make sure you have that in place don't go dragging somebody mm, into that mm. space 
it's kind of curious, but isn't really that into you and isn't that kind to you or doesn't really care about your feelings. They can do the most horrendous traumatic things that completely alienate you and, and damage your self-esteem. You can do the same to them if you don't have the same kind of care for their ethical welfare. Some guys, when they come into the place specifically as newbies, they're like kids in a candy store. They behave very irresponsibly and in a manner that completely shows disregard for the feelings of their partner. So you've got to understand boundaries. And the way to do it is when you go to an event, you almost like plan, okay, tonight we are going to do this. Maybe it's your first event. We're going to just watch and maybe just play with each other. We maybe will chat to other couples and get to know them, but we may not play. Or you set specific boundaries. You do not try and break those boundaries during the course of the evening. And if anything starts to get into an area where your partner's feeling uncomfortable, your partner must be able to signal to you, hey, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. You must have the ethics to be able to discontinue what you're doing. You've got to go into that, into that event with a, with a healthy relationship, you must make sure that you come out of that event with your relationship being just as healthy as it was with neither of you having betrayed the trust of each other or transgressed sacred boundaries. And it's by adhering to those boundaries that you tend to develop a very positive working relationship in this space. Um, and I think that's about the only way you can really do it. You've got to have after each event as well, you've got to have a post-mortem. You've got to sit with your partner and say, okay, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Were there moments mm. when you felt jealous or uncomfortable, etc.? And that's that's really well advised. And BDSM events as well, lifestyle events, whatever it is, you've got to make sure that you remain emotionally aligned to each other and that you are the custodians of each other's hearts and emotional welfare. And if your partner is not that type of person, do not play with them in that sort of a space. Um, I think if I can add to that, as, a, as an individual person, you have autonomy. Um, I'm going to speak to a little bit of the negotiation and consent stuff that we, we rely on quite heavily in the BDSM world. You have a specific set of boundaries. You've got a goal you want to achieve when you go into an event, into a, a party, whether you're on your own or with your partner. That has been discussed. It has been decided. Do not change your boundaries just because it, you think it's going to feel good in the spur of the moment. You need to think clearly and you need to decide that is it, that is what you want to do, that is it. Um, if you break any of those boundaries, you are going to mentally traumatize yourself or your partner and you are going to hurt each other, you hurt yourself emotionally or even even on a mental level. I mean, things like depression, stress from, oh, I don't know if I played safe with that person because I did it at the spur of the moment. Um, or even, oh, I met that person from work. Um, what what the hell? What's going to happen? It's it's additional stress on your on your own mental well being. Are you going to want to go to that event again? Probably not, because you fucked yourself over. If I could just add, I mean, you know, there will always be, be other events. I mean, you set an agenda for a particular event. You set a boundary for that event. You play within the boundaries. The successful couples I know start off in that way, and then they debate between themselves, okay, maybe at this party we can try the this or something different. Rather just have a successful event, go home together as in love you as you were when you arrived at the event, go home happy, and then say, okay, do you want to try something different? And you can progressively develop your, your um, activities from there, and you can work together as you do so. But don't take grand leaps of faith. I mean, I, mean, I remember my first 
a couple of parties. I went there with a whole set of assumptions in my head. And my girlfriend had a completely opposite set of assumptions. And it created a number of difficult moments. And I think it was only through the post-mortem process of saying, okay, what went, what went wrong there? Well, we newbies. We didn't know that we have to kind of like plan properly for these things, et cetera, et cetera. I thought you were okay with this. You didn't tell me you weren't, et cetera, et cetera. And we worked it out from there and we resolved things amicably. But it's that ability to critically analyze your own behavior, not get defensive and accept where you hurt your partner by stepping over the line. Even if you didn't know that line existed at the time, your partner's feelings are absolutely paramount. And you've got to make sure you conduct yourself in a manner that salvages and does not damage your relationship. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll never play with you again. I can tell you that. Yeah, mm. I think also you've got um, certain, also being someone new going to into that space, I think you're going to have certain anxieties and stresses and, oh, am I going to be received well? Um, am, uh, or am I going to be judged or whatever it is? Maybe I should have a drink or something just to take that edge off. Cool, mm. grand do that little thing, have that little drink to take the, the take the edge off, but do not overdo it. Keep mm. your wits about you. Just if I can add I on mean, to that, it's, no, sorry, if, if you're going in there um, with your own kind of agenda and you just play out your own agenda, it's going to come terribly, terribly unstuck. So you've just got to make sure that you're not going in there with your own agenda. It's got to be a, a united agenda with your partner. And that's the only way to make it work and then incrementally develop from there. I mean, um, Mr. Blue Viking, also, what, what, what we normally advocate uh, to the listeners um, within the, uh, this lifestyle lectureship rights is the fact that embarking on this journey is supposed to add to your intimate relationship. So if your intimate relationship already, if your fundamentals and um, your baseline already has cracks in it, you shouldn't be exploring the facets where you are going to be sharing your intimacy and, and sharing your um, your sexual relations with other people. Because, I mean, you can't even keep it together within your, your personal relationship. So if, if your relationship isn't stable, you shouldn't be embarking on, on ethical non-monogamy because you aren't going to be an ethical player. This is supposed to add to your intimate relationship, not take anything away. Yeah. You can still do it if you have a clear set of boundaries. So you can say, okay, we're a bit fractious, we've got problems here and there, but both of us are turned on by the idea. Let's go and play. Okay, what could you handle? What can you not handle? What are the boundaries? Even if you by that time have got to the state of relationship with you positively hate each other, it doesn't matter. Nobody in the lifestyle wants drama. Nobody wants interpersonal altercations. Even if your relationship mm. is fractious and you still want to go and explore something that might be fun, then just make sure that you've discussed beforehand what is permissible and not permissible how far each of you are prepared to go and then also realize don't conduct yourself in a manner as a chronic flirt uh, to the extent to which you you infuriate or diminish your partner's feelings of value about themselves and either Absolutely. part of it, whether it's male or female it doesn't matter you've got to make sure that there's a kind of an honorable code of conduct and the good people that i know that have been in this space for years there's an honorable code of conduct between them that they live by and they are still married and they're still happy and they still play. And they're the ones that have fascinated me. How have they been able to stick this out for so many years without somebody standing on somebody's toes? And they've got this kind of little code of conduct between them where they prioritize their relationship. And they mm. play within the boundaries that they're both comfortable with. Mm. I mean, it's also all about having a clear line of communication, right? Open and honest communication with your partner. What What do you like? What What turns you on? What don't I like? What pisses me off? If you can't have those basic discussions, 
I mean, you you setting your, yourself up to fail in any case, no matter what fancy club you go to. And psychologically knowing yourself, what can you handle and what can you not handle? Because Absolutely. You can handle something and something starts developing, which psychologically begins to traumatize you. Don't just sit there and endure it and become completely freaked out and humiliated. You must have an agreement that there's a, like a tap out signal or a tap out call or a cough or something that can end that traumatic experience before it becomes uh, really severe. I mean, I've had occasions where you sort of swoon into a moment, you become completely enveloped in it. It's a beautiful experience. And your, your consciousness and awareness of your partner starts to diminish a little bit. Um, you know, you don't know whether you're hurting them or not because you kind of lost yourself in the moment. Just be cognizant mm. that your partner's part of this whole experience and their happiness is as important as yours all the time. Yeah, I think from Absolutely. my side, I think that this is the last point I need to make. I think prevention is better than treatment. So being cognizant and communicative and negotiative beforehand of what you are willing to endure, what you are willing to do, what you're willing to allow your partner to experience, both mentally and physically, is most important. And that communication becomes even more vital. So prevention of that trauma happening at any kind, any point in the, in the experience you're going through is far more better than treatment. I mean, uh, something as small as somebody giving my partner a blowjob can cause the entire re relationship to break down because I might have a bias towards that person who might be touching him and he doesn't know that. Mm. And also, I mean, it's, it's, it's just things can develop during the evening where you think you can handle something, but as it's happening, your girlfriend's kind of disregard of you and intense, passionate immersion in somebody else can start to hurt, you know, so you've got to have mechanisms to say, okay, hold on, I, I get it that you're having fun, but um, this is starting to like upset me a little bit. And I think for my very first partner, um, when we got into it, we've always had that in place and we've always honoured uh, the feelings of each other at those moments. So that's mm. pretty much all I have to say. So, I mean, protect your mental health. Make sure that you, you are strong enough and that you have the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, and the life capacity before embarking on this journey. Because otherwise, I mean, you're just going to find yourself in a, in a world of depression and very unhappy and possibly losing, losing people very close to you and even your own ethics. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people go in there where the one partner wants it more than the other. And I've got a friend of mine who's who comes to parties, and he his wife He has nurtured her gently into the space in such a manner that they found a beautiful equilibrium for both of them. They still both come to parties. He hasn't conducted himself in an irresponsible manner, and their love has blossomed over that because she now better meets his needs because he's been sensitive to her constraints and allowed her to adapt progressively to this environment to the point where she's having fun and they both are because they're operating within this newfound consensus. It's never riding roughshod over your, your partner's feelings because you've had too much to drink and thinking, oh, what the heck? You know, mm. that's, it, it's considerate of your partner's feelings is the big thing. Mm. Absolutely. Mr. Blue Viking, I cannot thank you enough 
for coming and coming on air this evening and sharing your knowledge and sharing your expertise and your views and your opinions and i mean it's been absolutely invaluable because it's all been factual it's been real it's been raw and it's been honest which we need we we need to have an honest discussion about what can go wrong everything looks very monskine and saunderous and everything looks like and you know that that beautiful lotus flower but these are the dangers right so i cannot think Thank you enough from the production team for sharing sharing this this time with us and um and just joining us on air this evening thank you thanks but just just maybe one thing i mean don't let these things put you off yes these risks exist but develop a mechanism to manage the risks so you can have a positive experience it's absolutely if you're to the risks or you don't have a strategy or you disregard the rules you put in place to contain these that's when it becomes a problem everything has a risk motor racing it, has a risk skydiving absolutely has a risk. diving has a you know scuba diving they've all got risk if you just operate within a sensible set of parameters you can have the most marvelous time you can enhance the quality of your relationship you can have absolutely beautiful experiences but you've got to make sure you you are you do so according to i think some of the principles we've set out this evening i mean walking out of your front door right in south africa that's a risk already so so what what are you not going to live because there's risks involved yeah, there's risks with everything walking out of my front door so <laughs> that's golden prize that's all that's listen and on that night this evening we got to end on that night that's a high night right <laughs> that's a hard night <laughs> um miss kb did you enjoy this evening i had a hell of an episode i i really loved this 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 was an amazing episode for me yeah i don't think i could have we could have asked for a better guest to join us on this particular topic um mm. It was so informative and the, in, the in, I mean, even for someone like me who's been in the BDSM world for I don't know how many years, some of these principles that we've learned about tonight should be applied in your general life anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it should be common sense, right? Yeah, to me it's like that's common sense. And yeah, I think we've got all got a little bit of homework to do because I'm pretty sure we all have a little bit of a gap in our risk awareness. Mm. Um, and our risk management. What is your budget? What's your risk budget, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, at the end of the day, what, what I... I loved about this episode, Viking has not only um, negotiated around the dangers, but he's given soluble, obvious, and factual solutions for people to use to prohibit these dangers and prohibiting yourself from putting yourself in these dangerous um, situations. So you can explore this realm of ethical non-monogamy safely, be aware of the dangers and be cognitive of how you are going to bridge them. So that's what it's all about for me. I loved it. Listen, Lustfuls, it's about that time again. This evening has been an extraordinarily informative show right we couldn't have asked for better i hope you guys had your notepads out if you didn't you guys can catch a rerun of this episode on um lalustfn.podbean.com 
www.lilaswebsite.com or else you guys can catch it on uh, Lila's website. That is www.lalastfm.live. Catch the rerun there if you guys joined us only in the half uh, halfway through the episode or at the at the end of it. You guys can go and listen to the rerun. All of the previous episodes are available for listen to. What can you guys look forward to this coming week in the Lola Blakely production uh, series on Kinky Classes Wednesday night? We are doing um, Tough Ties Rope 101. I mean, last week we gave y'all a live spanking. Um, Miss Kitten like bent forward and exposed her bum and she got it absolutely sparkling because it was spanks and sparkling spanks and sparkles this week we are doing tough ties rope 101 what is it to tie your partner with a rope what does a rigger mean and what is a bloody bunny not a kinky bunny but a bunny bunny no, <laughs> right kinky bunny comes from that uh, that reference eh I know Miss Rigger, I know Miss Bunny, I know this. <laughs> I know this very, very well. I know you very, very well, Miss KB. <laughs> also, I'm just letting the listeners know that you should actually see Miss KB in rope. Goodness gracious. Okay, before I go off topic and like lose all of my confusion again, you see, I'm saying confusion instead of like my train of thought. <laughs> You see what you do to me, Miss KB. <laughs> so that would be um, 9 o'clock Wednesday evening, Tough Ties Rope 101 on Kinky Classes with Lola and Miss Kitten. Then on Friday evening with a goddess of pleasure, Miss Carmen Ellie, come and join us as we do an episode on electrifying ecstasy. We are adding electricity to your intimate relationships and we are going to give you guys orgasms galore. Lola Montez is joining us on air. Lola's interviewing Lola. I've always wanted to say that. That makes me happy. <laughs> that is 9 o'clock Friday evening on um, Lola's lessons then next week on Lola's lifestyle lectureships what can you guys look forward to we are doing swingers social and I don't mean like going to a social party this is social media for swingers right because I mean I've already seen the swingers are taking over Instagram they're taking over TikTok but they actually do have their own website <laughs> so we are going to be discussing swingers social and um, I'm truly hoping our guest can make it because she has expressed that she has had a little bit of um, adversity the past couple of weeks. We are going to be speaking to Bev, Miss Bev from Z Night. And um, she is going to be joining us for the Swingers Social episode next week, Saturday, 9 p.m. on Lola's Lifestyle Lectureships. I mean, until then, last for listeners, next week, same time, same place. Otherwise, join us on Wednesday and Friday. Don't miss any of the episodes. And Lila's going to love the lots of you until then. Miss KB, do you want to say goodbye and goodnight to our last for listeners? Goodbye, Miss Lola. Goodbye, last for listeners. Mwah. I love you lots. See you next week. Same time, same place, guys. Don't miss it. Miss it. Miss out. And you guys are going to have horrible sex, I'm just saying. Love the lot of you.